And Lord, we ask you right now to open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits. Lord, we cast off everything that would uh, hinder a move of God in this place. Lord, the contaminants that have got on us today at work, wherever we have been, whatever we have done, the things that have been spoken over us that might have not been godly, Lord, we push those away right now and we say, Lord, wash us tonight. Come on, just wash us tonight. Do a work in our lives. Lord, take all the junk out of our minds and all the things, Lord, that are not becoming to a believer. Father, I thank you for the anointing of God that's going to settle on the word of God. Lord, I am nothing without your help tonight and I ask you, God, right now to empower me, fill my mouth, give me freedom, give me unction. Lord, let the people see the excitement that I have in my heart for what you're going to do. Lord, let that happen tonight, and I'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, for you are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor, for, uh, for this wonderful opportunity, for this wonderful uh, introduction that you gave me tonight. And uh, I, how many appreciate our pastor and Sister Judy, come on, amen. What a blessing we have here, what a treasure we have. And uh, I thank God that I never have to apologize for my pastor. I never have to be embarrassed. Uh, I am just thankful for a man of God who lives what he preaches. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, we're gonna get right to it tonight. I, uh, I don't know, I, I, it's been kind of a, a crazy day uh, around uh, around Central Florida and around the world, actually. I don't know if you guys heard this coming over here. I, I saw that uh, <laughs> it said that there was a, a social media blackout today, that Instagram and Facebook went down. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness, social media. It says here, it says Facebook and Instagram uh, went, went, had outages, causing millions of people to shudder in fear at the possibility of having to communicate face-to-face. Oh, no, that's just, I just wrote that, but I just, but that's, that's about where it was at today. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, this is not on my, in, in my notes. I just wanted to kind of throw it out here. I, I was looking at a Psalm, Psalm 42, and uh, you guys know the first verse. You've heard it many times, but it says, as the deer longs for the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. And uh, this is David just crying out, but, but if you read the rest of the Psalm, uh, I mean, it's a little disheartening. I went over to verse 11 and it says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I put my hope in God. I will praise him again for my Savior and my God. And he goes down to chapter 43. Uh, Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from this unjust liars. For you are, are, are God and my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed, by my enemies. Friend, I want to tell you tonight that uh, if the psalmist David can get discouraged, we are all candidates for discouragement from time to time. Amen? There's times that we go through uh, dark places. We go through hard times, difficult times. Uh, my, my heart is that everyone under the sound of my voice uh, makes it to heaven. Amen? that you are saved, that you are set free, that you are liberated to do the work of God that he's called you to do, to have a life full of joy and, and excitement and, and blessing on you, your family. I wanna see God bless your marriage. I wanna see him bless your finances. I want you to walk in health, all those wonderful things. But if I didn't mention the fact that somewhere along this journey, you're going to have some dark places, I wouldn't be telling you the truth. Amen? 
How many know the fact of life is the fact is that life can be difficult? Life can be difficult. Now, I don't know where you are tonight, but I know this word is for somebody in this place. And I, and I like you, I, we've been praying for God to move for a revival that, that's going to sweep this, this uh, city, sweep the country. I want to be a part of it. I want to see God do it again. I'm believing that he's going to do it again. When revival hits, and I'm talking about like the revival of old, I'm talking about a revival where the power of God comes down here and just messes up everything we're doing. When that happens, friend, nobody will have to tell you that it happened. Nobody's gonna have to hype it up. There won't have to be any videos to, to get you to come out for it. You understand, when God is in the house, when the Spirit of God moves to that level, this place will be packed to capacity and you'll be trying to fight for a seat. Can you say amen? amen? It's going to be different than what you imagine. Whatever you think it is, God's gonna prove to you that he's God and you're not. He's gonna show up in a way that you would not expect. But I'm telling you this tonight, that along the way, the enemy is not going to sit back and just let it happen. He wants to discourage the saints. He wants to push back. He wants things to distract us from what God has called us to, and that's himself. And with that said tonight, friend, in the next few minutes that I have with you, I'm gonna talk on basically four things, but I want you to look at John chapter 16 and verse 33, and let me read this passage for you tonight. It says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Now here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Say many. But take heart because I have overcome the world. My favorite passage, believe it or not, this is my favorite passage, is found over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Read this with me in verse 8. It says this it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. Can you say amen? I said we're never, 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 never abandoned by God. That's the word of God. Come on, come on now. It says we're knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Let me read it to you in, in, in another translation. It says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. This world is full of things that will press us and push us, and there will be times where you will be knocked down. But that's not the end of it, friend. That might be a dark time. That might be a, a, a distressing time, but that's not all there's about. Now, this world has all kinds of things that can happen. Two weeks ago, we watched the headlines and we saw what happened up in Alabama. Just, just the weather came through, a tornado came through, and it was devastation all over Alabama. Put that up there, if you will, and it show you just, I mean, your homes. One day you have a house and you come back in a matter of minutes and this is what's left. And just the debris, the next person, I mean, can you, can you imagine what that would be like? And we've had our hurricanes here, and we know what it is to lose things that we, we consider very important to us. And then last, go to the next one, this past Sunday, Ethiopian Airline, 737 Boeing, they just put it into service, but it crashed right after takeoff, killing 157 people. 
Some incredible devastation just happened on Sunday, and, and I cannot even imagine. Eight Americans were aboard that, that, uh, that jetliner. So we don't control, uh, a lot of things are out of our control. We don't know. How many know your life can turn on a dime? We can look at a headline, and then the next minute we can be in the headline. This morning, I'm coming to work. I work for the Seminole County Sheriff's Office, so I can tell you firsthand knowledge. 6.55 this morning, we hear a call go out over at Lake Mary High School. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear the deputy. I know who he is. He's a, he's a believer, godly man. I, I, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he was first one on the scene. He's a school resource officer there. He heard shots fired in the auditorium. He ran over there this morning at five minutes till seven, ran in there, and there he found a 17-year-old girl who had committed suicide right there in the auditorium with a gun under her. Now, friend, listen to me. I'm not saying this to bring us down, and I'm just telling you, in the world, you will have troubles. In the world, there's gonna be people that don't know who to turn to and what to go. Listen, we are the light in the midst of the darkness. We are called to make a difference, to change these things. It's not about what we're doing here tonight. We're sitting here tonight getting fed. We're sitting here tonight getting armed and we're getting ready to go out and be dangerous for Jesus. But we have to go out and make a difference in our world. Can you say amen? Disaster and hardship are all around us. We need to be aware that we are living in difficult times. Sometimes our prayers don't go as planned. Have you ever prayed for something and, and you said, man, Lord, I mean, that's not quite what I meant. You know, you know what I mean? Put that next slide up there. Maybe you can relate to this. We asked Jesus to take the wheel. And uh, this is what happens. Go to the next slide there, guys. Not that wheel, Jesus. It's not what we prayed for. That's not what we thought was gonna happen. Sometimes our prayers we feel are, are misunderstood or the, the heavens are brass. But whether it's a, a bad report, friend, whether it's the, a, a mental thing that you're facing, whether you're depressed tonight or you've been depressed or, you, or maybe even, even the spirit like was on that girl today, that spirit of suicide, friend, listen to me. There's hope tonight. Can you say amen? We don't have to live in that place, but I'm telling you there's times where we struggle with, 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 with these uh, different things. Relationships, finances. You say, well, Brother Gary, I don't have to worry about finances. I don't have any worries there at all. I don't have any finances, that's why I don't worry. But you, you're going to have times in your life where you don't know where the next dollar's coming from and so forth. We've all been there. When we stand here, as I stand behind this sacred desk tonight, I don't have the time to rewind my life and tell you what I've been through. But you don't know my resume. You don't know where I, what I've been through to get to where I am today. I've lived a lot of years. I have stories I could tell, but I'm telling you this, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. The Lord is faithful. And whatever you're going through, the operative word tonight is that you're going through. Let me give you four quick points here as I move quickly through this message tonight. And I wanna tell you how you can trust God. And if this message has had a title, you can just write this down, how to trust God in the dark. Trusting God in the dark, all right? First of all, I want you to know that you need to arm yourself. Can you say amen? <laughs> Uh, as, as a law enforcement officer, I'm telling you right now, one of the most important things to do when you're, when you're going out there and confronting the darkness is to make sure you're armed and to make sure you have plenty of ammunition, amen? Plenty of ammo. Come on, now listen, we are not in a physical battle, are we? I said we're not in a physical battle. What does the Bible say? It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. 
I said they're not carnal or not physical. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Can you say amen? amen. Now listen to me, friend. I'm gonna give you something very practical. There's nothing gonna, nobody gonna walk out here going, boy, that was so deep, I didn't know what he was talking about. That's not what we're gonna do here tonight. You know me, I'm gonna tell you what you need to do and I'm gonna tell you how important it is. If you're going to arm yourself, you're gonna have to arm yourself with the word of God. If you're gonna defend yourself against the lies and the pitfalls of the enemy, you gotta have something to shoot back with. All right, listen to me. If you're new in Christ, if you've given your heart to the Lord, and thank God if you've committed your life and you've made a decision, you've gotten yourself baptized and you're on your way, I'm telling you right now, we would be amiss. We have failed you if we haven't told you the importance of being discipled and getting the word of God in you. When I started out 11 years ago, I'd been in the ministry for for 32 years and my vocation changed and I was, uh, I was a chaplain over at the sheriff's office but I went out and had to learn what it was to enforce the law and I had to learn and one of the study uh, guides that I had and one of the things was, was a, uh, a, a book that told me what the, the standard operating procedures were for the Seminole County Sheriff's Office. They gave me that and they gave me a statute book for the state of Florida and I had to study both of those and I became a student of what I could and couldn't do. The worst thing they could have done to me was call me a deputy, put a gun on my hip, put a uniform and a badge on my chest and say, go get him, tiger, without any information about what I'm supposed to do. You talk about a Barney Fife moment, wouldn't that be some kind of deal? I pull up to a call, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but hey, I'm a deputy. So what am I, you know what I'm saying? You can't base it on a television show. I had to understand what I had power to do and what I had authority to say and what I could and couldn't do. I need to know when I could make an arrest and when I couldn't. I need to know when I had to get physical when I couldn't get physical. Are you listening to me, friend? I had to know what my parameters were, what I could do, and that's because I studied and understood that. That gave me incredible confidence. And now when I walked on a scene of a crime, when I walked into a scene of a domestic disturbance or whatever, I not only was not fear. I was confident because I knew what I could and what I couldn't do. I knew who I represented. Listen, I, I know it's not about how big I was, it's who I represented when I walk in on that scene. Are you listening to me? It's Seminole County. Listen, that badge represents everybody I work for. I represent the sheriff. I'm a deputy to him. You listen to me tonight, friend. That has nothing to compare with the fact that you're a child of Almighty God. And when you stand up and you say, devil, you better leave me alone. And he says, why? And you go, because uh, uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeff said that you better leave me alone. Friend, that doesn't bring any authority. Are you listening to me? But when you say, greater is he that is within me than he that is in you. Listen, when you can stand up and start quoting the word of God and you tell him to get behind you because of the authority and the power of God, when you start speaking and, and telling him where he is and who you are, friend, that's when you can defend yourself in the dark. Understand discipleship. When we tell you to get involved or go to first steps or go somewhere and, and get involved in a group and, and get involved around people that can, and can tell you what you need to know, listen to me. One of those important things you do in your life is to hang around winners. Can you say amen? 
And by that I mean you find someone a little stronger than you spiritually, someone who's been walking in the faith a little longer, someone that understands what's going on, and you let that person be your mentor. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. It doesn't have to be a proclamation. It just needs to be a decision on your part that you're gonna watch their life and follow their example and ask them questions when you get stuck. Friend, I don't understand how we get in our cars and we'll drive 100 miles to hear some speaker because they're, some, they're on television or they're, they're, they've got some great ministry or whatever and we think they're gonna give us insight or whatever. But you know what? We can have someone right here in this church that has a good godly family that raised godly children and you won't step across an aisle to ask them what they're doing to raise their kids. Something's broken on that deal, friend. And I'm telling you, we need to start reaching out to our brothers and sisters and saying, listen, I notice you've been married for like forever. And what is, what's your secret? You know, what are you doing that kept your marriage strong? And you say, listen, and, and let me tell you something else. If you're on marriage number three tonight, we're not talking down to you. We're not condemning you, but we're not, gonna we're not gonna step back in the shadows and be afraid to talk about God's model, which is one husband and one wife. Are you listening to me? That's God's program. Somebody say amen if I'm preaching the truth. I'm not saying you're gonna enjoy everything I'm telling you tonight, but you're gonna get the truth tonight in Jesus' name, amen? God has set a, a, a parameter and we need to follow his word. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, read this one with me. This is a very powerful scripture. It says about the word of God, it says for this good news that God has prepared the rest. It says it's been announced to us that just as them, this is not the right one, but it, it says here, but he did the no good because of, that's, that's not the right verse. All right, well anyway, forgive me. But the Bible is, it says he's a two-edged sword. The word of God is a two-edged sword that goes uh, for cutting asunder down to the morrow. Can you believe that the God's word is powerful as a two-edged sword tonight? Amen? And all you need to do is arm yourself with that, and that makes you one of those powerful people in the universe as you walk out of here with God's word. Amen? The next point I want to point out, this is so vital, so vital. Please, church, as you go through the darkness, don't buy in to the enemy's lies. Don't buy in to the enemy's lies. How many know he's a great deceiver? And let me tell you right now, a half-truth is still a lie. Not telling you the full story is still not the truth. He wants to paint a picture that says it's hopeless. He wants to paint a picture that tells you the darkness is not gonna go away. He wants a cloud of depression. Listen, you are not effective for the kingdom when you are depressed. You are not effective for God. You're not gonna make a difference. No one's gonna want what you have if you already got what they got. Think about that for just a second until it kind of hits you. You want to have something on you that changes lives. Some of the greatest sermons you will ever preach are without words. And that is about how you carry yourself when the power of God is on you. But if you're carrying depression, if you're sad, if you've got a, 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 a negative attitude about everything around you, are you listening to me, friend? You know how the world is. You guys go to the workplace, you know what it sounds like. It's just one big gossip arena. And they're talking about the boss and they're talking about a fellow employee and on and on it goes about how bad or how terrible it is. How many know your conversation's gotta be different than theirs? And I'm telling you right now, you cannot let the lies of the enemy get on your life. Second Kings chapter six is a great story. 
and I move ahead quickly here because I want you to get a hold of this tonight. Very great story. Elisha was a man of God who uh, had special insight on what was going on around him. God would speak to him. And King Aram uh, did not appreciate, the, he was king of the Armenians, and he did not appreciate the fact that every time he set traps, he was found out, he had a snitch. Somebody, he thought, inside his, his kingdom was telling the, other, the enemy, the other side, what was gonna happen. But what was happening was Elisha was getting it straight from God. So uh, this king says, we're gonna find out where uh, this Elisha guy is and we're gonna, we're gonna take care of him. So they sent out, they found out he was in Dothan, so they sent out a, a major army and all these armies and all these uh, chariots uh, to surround him in Dothan and to, and to, and to uh, go after him. And in 2 Kings chapter 6 uh, and verse 16, let me go there just a second. How many brought your Bibles tonight? Say amen. I hope you do that. I know you have your devices, but uh, sometimes I go old school and just pull this thing out. Amen. Chapter 6 and verse 16. Uh, I'm going to go there just for a minute. I'm going to put this in context. But he says, don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. His servant had gone out and saw this massive army. Could you put that slide up there? And he saw this massive army surrounding uh, the city in Dothan and thought, man, we are done. And I'm telling you, this is what the enemy does. He builds uh, what seems to be insurmountable odds. Friends, you can get a phone call. I mean, you can have something happen at the workplace. You can have something. You can get a bad report at the doctor's office. Are you listening to me? You can go in there and he says, "You know what? I don't. I don't like what I see on that X-ray." And all of a sudden, your your world comes crashing down. And maybe you're going through something even tonight. As I speak to you right now, you're going through something right now, and you're here. You're pushing through. You're persevering. You've not told anybody, but you are facing something right now. Maybe it's physical. Maybe you're looking at something financial and you're saying, boy, the, the armies are just round about the city and I am surrounded. I do not know, there's no way out. And I'm telling you right now, here are the facts and you could lay them out. You could sit down with me tonight and tell me just how bad things are and probably make a pretty good argument based on what you see. Based on what you see. Elisha went out and said, listen, what you see is not really what's there. I want you to understand something tonight, church. God knows what he's doing. He's God and you're not. The Bible says his ways are as far above the heavens as, as, uh, as his ways are above the earth. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. We cannot comprehend what God is doing. What might be going on one place might be, have something else going on somewhere else, amen? Elisha said, listen, please open the eyes of my servant because he's, he's scared out of his mind by what he sees right now. And that takes me to my next point. I'm gonna tell you right now, please write this down tonight. I hope you remember this. Don't let the enemy Photoshop out God's promises, okay? Because that's what he'll do. He'll take out what God said he was gonna do and he'll, he'll take it away. And let me just say this, and I, let me stop here for a minute because the Spirit of God's telling me to talk about this for a minute. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let me tell you why, because if you get your eyes on a person, people will let you down. There's not a person on this planet, I don't care who they are, will not, they'll, they will fail you at some time. They're human, amen? 
I pastored many years and I, I, uh, I can remember there was times I would go in uh, to church and I'd see somebody come down the aisle and they had that look on their face like they wanted to have a chat with me and it wasn't to say how much they loved me, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I would just, I, I, I used to, to kind of run and hide but I got to the point where I said, I know how to handle this. And I tell you what, they start walking toward me and I just go right toward them and I just hug them and I'd say, hey man, just forgive me. Forgive me. I, before they even got him come out of my mouth, would you just forgive me? You know, I, 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 did I, you know, I missed your birthday, didn't I? I missed your birthday. That's what I did. And whatever it was, I'm just sorry, but I love you, man. You know, and I'd hug him and it just kind of take the wind out. But you know what? I'm gonna fail you. I'm gonna miss out. I'm, I'm not gonna say hi to you when I should say hi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something wrong. I'm, gonna just, I'm human, amen? Doesn't mean I don't love you, just means I, I fall short. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't be walking out of the church because I let you down. Come on. Are you listening to me? Somebody say amen. That's a good place to say amen. And let me say something else. If God's called you to church in the sun, then God will tell you when it's time to leave, not somebody else in here, okay? Are you listening to me? Adversity won't send you out of here. Uh, the preacher that you don't like hearing or the one you do like, I'm saying, listen, it's not about checking the buffet menu every week. It's about coming to the house of God and giving yourself. I'm gonna tell you right now that tonight I am in, I am in spiritual heaven up here preaching the word of God. I, this, is, this is what I was called to do. I do a lot of other things. I come in here every week. I have a, a, an earbud in my ear. I am so thankful not to have that thing in my ear tonight. And I, and I, and I have to stand up here and I stand up here stoic and I can't close my eyes. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on things. I, I love worshiping and praising and preaching. And so that's who I am. But I'm telling you, I come in here every week and I serve. That's just wherever I can serve, I serve. And I'm not saying that to build myself. I'm telling you that whatever God's called, you need to be serving God. You say, well, I feel like throwing in a towel. Well, maybe you need to pick up a towel and start serving because that will get your mind off of your situation and you'll start giving. Listen, friend, the enemy wants to Photoshop his truth, uh, Photoshop the truth of God out of your life. Because let me show you, let me show you the next slide. You saw the slide before, right? Don't let him Photoshop it. Let me show you the next slide. This is what was really out there. Can somebody say amen? Open his eyes, Lord, and let him see what's really out there. That is the truth. The enemy would have that blocked out and try to hide that, but that's what's going on. Friend, listen, the Lord is with you. Can you say amen? amen. I said he's with you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. Look at Psalms 34, 7. Psalm 34, 7. Put that up there. Let's say this verse together. I want to give you some words. I'm giving you some ammunition tonight, okay? Just some basic stuff. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him, and he delivers them. Can you say amen? Listen, it might not be the next two weeks. It might not be the next two days. It might not be the next two years. I don't know what God's timing is. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but I'm telling you right now, he will see you through it. If you're going to go in the fire, he'll go with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Come on. Don't let your situation become hopeless. Don't become overwhelmed. Don't let those thoughts, the enemy wants to go into your mind. It, for, for Elijah and his servant, it was Dothan. It was about those armies. For you, it just might be that quietness of the moment and the enemy comes in and brings those flood of, of thoughts. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. Nobody will ever help you. You're not worthy. You're not worth anything. 
You're not a good dad. You're not a good mother. Look, you've not, you failed at marriage. You're not a good wife or a good husband. Those are all lies from the pit of hell, friend. That's not God. And you need to dissolve those, push those things away and take authority over that in the name of the Lord. Trusting the Lord in the dark. I want you to know there's gonna be times where you feel like, man, you are out there all by yourself. I've told this story years ago. I'm gonna tell it again. I was down in West Palm. I'd gone down there to, to uh, be a youth pastor down in the West Palm Beach area about 1979. Pastor was up here doing it big time with the Rock House. I was in, I think they should have called it the Fellowship House because it was a fellowship hall and I had a little partition back by the kitchen where my youth group met. But I was down there doing the best I could and, and trying to worship God in ministry and do the best that I could uh, financially, but I was, not, I was not getting paid a whole lot, so I went out and I decided that I had to make an income, so I thought, you know, well, you know what, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just be a, I'll just clean carpet, that's what I'll do, and I went and I bought me a, a carpet cleaning machine. This is back in the day where they just came out with this thing where you could kind of plug it into the sink and have one, one hose down the drain or whatever, and, and uh, I didn't know much about it, but I figured how hard could it be? And uh, I went out and bought this machine. I got myself some Clorox and a spray bottle and a pump and uh, set out to, to, to be the cleaning, carpet cleaning uh, king of, uh, of Palm Beach. And I would go out and I would, I would just knock on the doors in the morning and, and uh, Susan would get the phone calls in the afternoon. I'd go out that evening and I would start cleaning carpet. I, I'd take any job I could. I'd take anything, friend. I would take, I'd take a, a, a little shack or I would take a, a, a beautiful home over in Palm Beach. And one of the homes I got was a, a nicer home. I went over uh, one afternoon and I was, uh, walked into this beautiful uh, home over in Palm Beach and uh, they had a, a, just a gorgeous house, beautiful, beautiful furniture. And, and I looked at their carpet and I, I thought, man, this thing doesn't even need cleaned. It's just beautiful, you know, but hey, who am I? I need the work, you know what I'm saying? So I, uh, I commenced pulling my machine in there and, and it was a chocolate, just a chocolate Java brown carpet and it was beautiful and I, and, uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll just do my routine and I pulled my, uh, my pump bottle out to put my uh, chemical down and I'd forgotten I'd been at, a, at an old apartment complex earlier and they had an old yellow uh, shag carpet that was real stained up and I had loaded up on the Clorox. I had bleach all over the place and I had put all in it. But I had forgotten to clean out my machine, my, uh, my pump. Don't get ahead of me now. But anyway, uh, so I went in there and, and uh, I, I, I said, and I was whistling and singing to Jesus. I mean, it was this wonderful time. I'm gonna get paid, you know. So I was out there and I, was just, I started spraying down that chemical and Smelled a little strong, but I was putting it down there on that carpet, and I'm gonna clean that brown carpet, you know, that chocolate, Java, expensive, beautiful carpet. Anyway, so I, had, I put that down, and I went back, and I turned around to get my machine, and I came back, and I, I pulled my machine back, and I come back, and, and that Java brown carpet <laughs> was turning into a Miami pastel in front of my eyeballs, man. I mean, you could, you could see the vapor trail coming off the thing, man. I mean, it was bad. And I mean, it was smoldering from that Clorox and it was turning right there in front of me. Panic hit me. I didn't have liability insurance. I was not bonded. I was flying by the seat of my pants. You know what I'm saying? And I was, I got my machine. <laughs> 
and I'm calling out to God, and it wasn't no kumbaya prayer. Oh, God, Jesus, help me. Oh, man, God. And I'm flying through there, and I'm trying to get this thing up. And I finally got, and I'm telling you what, friend, it was, a, it was a full shade. I mean, I'm telling you, it was light. And I, and, uh, I went and got, the, the wife was in the kitchen doing something. And I said, ma'am, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I was done all right. And she came on out. She came out there in the hallway. She looked at it and she goes, <laughs> she looked at me and I went, She said, honey, come here. You gotta see this. Like, no, don't do that. She called her husband out. I'm dead, man. I'm, I'm gonna get arrested. It's gonna be bad. He came out. He stood right next to her. He goes, he looked at her. She looked at him. They looked at me. I'm like, she said, I had no idea it was that dirty. That looks great. <laughs> that looks great. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, and I gave you a discount on that too. And yeah, that's right. I am the carpet king of Palm Beach. <laughs> I got my machine, I threw it in the pickup truck. <laughs> Are you listening to me, friend? How many know the Lord hears us when we call? When you're in the darkness, when you're in the prime of the moment, you think this is it, it's over. And listen to me, I'm making light of it, but at the time, friend, my wife will tell you I thought I was gonna die. And I am telling you, you might be here tonight and you're saying, Pastor Gary, you don't understand. Yes, I do understand. I've been where you're at. I know when it looks like there's no end to the end of the tunnel. I've got to the point where I thought God wasn't hearing me. I've been there, friend, but I'm telling you, he will not leave you. I said he will not leave you. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He can create something out of nothing. He can fix every problem in your life while you're asleep tonight. There's nothing too difficult for God. You said, I don't know how I'm gonna get the marriage back together. Well, let go and let God take care of it. It has to become, your best option is when you ran out of options. Your best option is when you look to Jesus and say, I don't know what else to do, Lord. You take it. Friend, listen to me. That's how revival is gonna hit this place. We're gonna come in here and we're gonna get, all of us need to get so frustrated and get so tired of having this church, and we have good church, don't get me wrong, I thank God for it, but when you get to the point where you say, I gotta have more, and you get to the point where you can't go on, friend, listen, that's a good place to be. Lord God, move on us. And friend, listen to me, revival is not something that happens corporately, it happens to each one of us individually. Start having private revival and bring it to church with you. Amen? Let me close, let me tell you just a couple more things here, this is so important. Your darkness is a setup for a miracle. I said your darkness is a setup for a miracle. What you're going through right now, the Lord has got something else planned. In Matthew chapter 14, we read, we're not gonna read it, but I'm gonna tell you the story. We, you know the story, friend, you've heard it many times. Jesus had just gotten through ministering to the multitudes and he went to a solitary place to pray. He went there to pray and he went out 
and uh, he sent, the Bible says that he told or talked his disciples into, the word is used constrained in chapter 14 around verse 22, he constrained. He had to convince them to get in the boat to go out into the water. They were reluctant. Guys, go to the other side, I'll meet you later. How many of you know that Jesus knew exactly what was going down? And he went to a solitary place to pray. Listen to me. The Bible says they went out on the water and the Bible says they faced a contrary wind. And that wind got so bad they thought they were going to perish. They got together in that boat, friend, and they said, gentlemen, let's join hands and let's, let's have a little prayer. <laughs> Most gracious and kind, Heavenly Father. How many know it didn't go down like that? It wasn't going down like that. Some of the best prayers I've ever prayed is two words, oh God. Oh God. And they cried out to the Lord. And they might have started praying. I don't know exactly when they started that prayer meeting, but it was epic. And it started maybe around eight o'clock and it went till nine o'clock. And they weren't getting tired, friend, because they were, they were bailing water and thought they were gonna lose their lives, so they prayed a little harder. And they prayed till 10 o'clock. And they prayed till 11 o'clock. Are you listening to me, friend? Listen, Jesus was not on the hillside wringing his hands saying, what are we gonna do? Are you listening to me? The Lord is not caught off guard by your situation. He knows all about the dark place that you're in. He knows all about it. As they cried out, the Bible says it came to about the third or about the fourth watch of the night. Listen to me. The fourth watch is a mariner's term. I'm telling you right now, when that final watch came, it says here that it was, uh, that that fourth watch, fourth watch was between three and six o'clock in the morning. By this time, friend, I mean, they all need halls because they've been screaming all night, crying out to God. At three o'clock, it's so dark, it's the darkest part of the night before the sun comes up. Listen to me. I said the fourth watch is the darkest part of the night right before the sun goes up. Now, follow me on this, friend. And that was not part of the plan. But anyway, <laughs> if you cry out to God and you cry at that time, at this point in time, they felt like it was, it was over. We're just gonna die. And the Bible says at this time, Jesus came running to their side. Is that what the Bible says? No, it says, and Jesus came walking on the water. One of the greatest miracles that we hear about or the story goes that Peter asked if he could come to him when Jesus came, but you need to go back and look at the story a little bit. The Bible says when they were, he was walking toward them, uh, somebody got up in the middle of the boat and said, oh, it's the Lord, he's coming to save us. How many know that's not how it went down either? They misidentified Jesus. They misidentified the blessing for a curse. You say, where do you get that from? I get that from the fact that they said it's a ghost. They didn't identify him as Jesus. They misidentified their blessing as a curse. Sometimes when the Lord is getting ready to show up in your life, you'll misidentify what God's trying to do. Don't do that, friend. Let God do it the way he wants to do it. Jesus came walking on the water we know the story. Peter said, if it's you, let me come to you. And he got out of the boat and he walked toward Jesus and he began to sink and immediately the Lord stretched forth his hand. And we have all kinds of stories built around that. But let me tell you what happened. Will you go to that passage? Will you put that up there for me? And let's read how this thing ended in verse 32 and 33. Let's go on down. Just keep on going, guys, to the next verse. Let's go all the way down. There we go. And when they climbed into the boat, this is after the, after the waters have now subsided, the Lord has calmed the storm they're gonna live, and look what happens in verse 33. 
Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Friend, listen to me. That whole story, that whole dynamic was there for one reason, and that was to set up a circumstance where everybody in that boat would worship the Lord. And I want you to know this, the Lord will set up things in our lives. Listen to me, he will do that. He loves us that much that we become so dependent on him that we have no choice but to worship him for what he's done. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me just say a little side note here. When you're going through this adversity, friend, let me just tell you right now, somebody's watching how you're handling it. I said, somebody's watching how you're handling it. You get a bad report, something goes wrong, something doesn't work out, your children are watching how you handle it, dad, mom. Are you, are you losing your mind? Are you, are you, are you criticizing everything? And, or are you on your knees? Are you praying? Are you saying, let's take this to Jesus? Listen, they're gonna watch. Listen, you teach your children, that's how you handle problem conflict and resolution. Come on, how many know that's gonna change their life? Somebody's watching your life. I close with this tonight. In my life, some of the greatest breakthroughs have been precipitated by darkness. I'm just being straight with you tonight, okay? And I'm talking about by way of attack, hardship, family crisis, health crisis. I could tell you story after story, but I'm telling you right now, one of the greatest revivals that, that I've ever been a part of came, in my, came into my life uh, while I was pastoring. And I want you to listen to what I'm gonna say right now. I don't know if I had not been in this dark place in my life, if I would have been touched by God and ruined by his presence if I had not been in that place. Honestly, I, and my wife is here tonight and bless her heart, I'm gonna be uh, celebrating 42 years with her just next week, so I love her. But she can tell you, that I was at a place in my ministry where I needed to hear from God. My brother had just passed away. I was in a dark place. Loved Jesus. I wasn't, I wasn't throwing in the towel on him, but ministry, I didn't have anything left, man. I didn't have anything left in the tank. We were in a brand new church building. The church was growing, had a lot to be thankful for, but I was empty, friend. But I was so desperate. I was so, so weary, so hurt. People had said things, done things. I, I just, I could go on and on. But it, it was at a place where I needed, I needed to hear from God. And I was a candidate for revival, friend, because of my dark place. And as a result of that, I'm not gonna spend time here tonight, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the Lord got a hold of my life, rocked my world. And I wasn't at, I wasn't at the altar repenting, and I was repenting, believe me, but I wasn't repenting of, a pornography or being a terrible dad or, or uh, any kind of blatant sin. You know, I was repenting with things like having a cynical spirit, being the policeman of the universe. I could always tell what was God and what wasn't, being judgmental. Are you listening to me? I had some stuff that had to get off of me, friend, for God to do a work in me. And I'm telling you what, the Lord took care of me in that revival. And I had an encounter like, I mean, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about an encounter that rocked my world. And that fire that got on me got on everybody else and it got on my church. And I was a part of one of the greatest moves of God I've ever seen in my life. And I wanna see it again, friend. I don't wanna see it like it was there. I'm not trying to live on a memory and I'm not trying to duplicate anything like that. 
And I'm telling you, I'm certainly not walking around judging anybody anymore. God got that out of me, listening to me. But I'm telling you right now, that dark situation can prepare you for something. It's not as it seems. This is my final point tonight. Say that with me. It's not as it seems. You say, what's going on in this dark place? Well, friend, whatever you're at, wherever you're at, that's not how the story ends. There's a word I'm gonna give you tonight, and I want you to write it down. It's a very simple word. It's called context. Context. Your life has to be put in context. Just like every story in the Bible. If I told you the story of Joseph, and I said, listen, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the police report that Joseph got. Listen to this. Joseph was arrested today when Potiphar's wife filed a report saying that he was in the bedroom and tried to rape her. And the evidence says that he was there doing it because she had a cloak to prove that he was in the bedroom. When Potiphar found out about it, he wasn't listening to anything but what his wife told him. And the Bible says that Potiphar was arrested and thrown into prison. Now, if that's where the story ends, that's pretty pitiful. Joseph's a pretty bad dude. Tried to commit rape, and he did it with someone who was trying to help him and gave him authority and gave him power over the whole household. And look how he treated his master. What is wrong with this guy? But see, friend, you gotta put it in context because that was just one more bump in the road for good old Joseph because he'd already been sold by his brothers into slavery and now he's in prison and now he's gonna be elevated in prison and he's gonna have, the warden's gonna give him authority over everybody in prison. You see, the Lord has taken him all these places to make him king, listen to me, to make him a ruler. His story was not ended with the charge of rape. That was just a part of the story. It has to be in context. What you're facing tonight Boy, I feel this in Jesus' name. And it's getting quiet because I'm hitting somebody's life right now. You gotta put what you're going through right now in context. This is just a chapter. The Lord's not done. He's not finished with what's going on in your life. But how the story ends is up to you. You can end it right now and, and be defeated and walk away from all that you know is right or you can grab a hold of Jesus and say, Lord, I'm not going down, I'm not gonna quit, and I'm gonna keep on serving you, and I'm gonna go after you with all my heart, because I know you've got something more for me. Listen to me, friend. I stand here tonight, and I'll tell you right now that I, <laughs> these messages that the Lord gives me, and I preach different places, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I preach myself happy. These come out, these are from me, from inside of me, and I have things going on. I can tell you right now, I've had feelings like I was inadequate or I'm not doing this or I've been put on a shelf or whatever. Listen to me. There is no promised land unless there's a desert. You understand? It's context. It's where they were. It's not where they, there is no mountaintop without a valley. There's just no way. Listen to me. There's, you've got King David, but he had to take the lion and the bear and he had to take on the Philistine. Are you listening? There's no labor without childbirth. There's no resurrection unless there's a death. We're gonna celebrate one of the greatest triumphs of all of history come Easter. Amen? 
But man, friend, listen, tell you something. Until, until Sunday came, it was a dark, dark day on Calvary. That Jesus that we talk about is not folklore, it's not a legend. He's alive and well today. And he's working in your life if you'll just let him do it tonight. I want everybody to stand to your feet. I want everybody's head bowed, eyes closed. I saw, I heard a great song, and, and I, I like all kinds of music, and I, but I, I mean, this song was just, thought it had great lyrics. It's a Gaither song. It says, sometimes it takes a mountain, sometimes a troubled sea, sometimes it takes a desert to get a hold of me. Your love is so much stronger than whatever troubles me. Sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and believe. I don't know what your mountain is tonight, but I'm gonna pray for you tonight. I'm gonna lay hands on you. I'm gonna open these altars in just a second. I don't want anybody to leave. I wanna, I wanna minister to as many people as I possibly can in the next few minutes, but I wanna pray for you before you leave here tonight. It's not good enough that we come to church and leave. Listen, go ahead and bring all your issues to church with you. Bring them all, okay? Are you listening to me? I invite you Sunday. If you don't bring them tonight, bring somebody with issues. Bring them to church, all your issues. All I'm saying is don't leave here with them. Lay them at the altar right now. As the worship team begins to sing, if you're here tonight and you're in the darkness and you need some light, you need, the, you need some encouragement, you need prayer, I want you to step out quickly and come to the front right now as they sing right now, all across this place, hurry, right now. Come on, step out right across the front. Lord's gonna do a work here tonight. This is your night. Come on, hurry. Come on, all across this place. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sing. Put your phones down. Stop looking at the clock and start going after Jesus right now. Come on. All across this place. Spirit of God is in this house. Step out. If you need a touch, come on. Come on. Lift your hands toward heaven and worship him. Lift your hands up as a sign of surrender. That's why we lift our hands. It's a sign of surrender. Lift them up right now. Come on, church.
If you're here tonight and you don't have this Jesus as a personal savior, you can leave this place changed and transformed. We're not talking about religion tonight, we're talking about a relationship. I said we're talking about a relationship. I'm talking about a friend that sticks closer than a brother does. I'm talking about someone you can leave here with and you can talk to tonight, tomorrow morning, and for the rest of your days. I'm talking about someone who's gonna fill your life with joy overflowing. I'm talking about someone who can set you free of your addiction. I'm talking about someone who can restore what the enemy has stolen from you and bring it back. He can restore the years. But what it takes, friend, is surrender. You're gonna have tonight, you're gonna have to give up and give it to God. You're gonna have to make a decision that he's gonna be the Lord and Savior of your life. You're gonna have to to repent of your sin and say, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done. The Bible says we've all sinned. Say, all have sinned and come short of his glory. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was just a boy. And I'm telling you right now, I had a bust tail wide open as a young man because I did not accept my Lord and Savior, but I made a commitment to Jesus. I didn't join a church. It wasn't about anything that I did. It was just surrendering my life over to the Lord. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Gary, I don't know this Savior, but I wanna know him. I wanna accept Jesus into my heart. I wanna receive Jesus in my heart. I wanna see my life change tonight. I wanna make a decision On this 13th day of March, 2019, I wanna give my heart and my life to the Lord. If that's you here tonight, slip your hand up all across this place. If that's you, you wanna accept the Lord as your Savior right here. Stand right here, step right over here, honey. Anybody else, raise your hand. If you raise your hand, step up here. Anybody else? Anybody else, raise your hand. Come on right now, I'm gonna ask you to come. Sing one more time, guys. We'll give them time to go up here and we're gonna pray with them. Anybody else, if you raise your hand, you wanna receive Jesus tonight, I wanna pray a prayer with you. Come with me and stand right here. Give you just a minute. Come on, we don't want to leave this service without giving you opportunity. No one leaving, please. Anyone else? Come on over here. Stand right here. Right here. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, let's make this a a, a great night for someone who does not know the Lord. Lift your hands toward heaven. The rest of the church, help me pray tonight. Come on, lift it up. Listen to what you're singing. Listen to what you're singing. Hallelujah. Well, we have a couple that are up here right now going to commit their life to the Lord tonight. I want everybody in this place, if you got breath in your lungs, pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come on, say it like you mean it. Dear Jesus, tonight I commit my life to you. I ask you right now to come into my heart, forgive me my sin, my past, all my history. Tonight, I accept the fact that you died on the cross for all of my sin. I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful gift that I embrace tonight. Forgive me, transform me, make me a new creation. 
in you tonight. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Pastor Dave's gonna take you over here. Listen, I want you to stretch forth your hands right now and the pastor's gonna come, but stretch forth your hands right now toward, toward me right now. Come on, right, right this way. Stay focused just for another minute, come on. Listen, friend. We are on the, just the, the edge of revival. How many know the Lord's gonna come down and break out in a mighty way? I really believe that with all my heart. I believe he's preparing us. I believe things are getting in order. And I'm gonna tell you right now, we're, we're not, <laughs> there's no way we're gonna be ready for all that God's gonna do. We're just gonna be, we're just gonna receive it, amen? But I want you to just agree with me right now that God's gonna strengthen pastor, strengthen the staff of this church, the worship team, gonna take us all to a new level, amen? So that we can be ready to, to, to literally uh, embrace this thing that God's gonna do, that we would carry it, amen? because it's gonna be an incredible burden on all of us as God begins to break out. As you see hundreds of people come in here that don't know Jesus, people you don't know, people don't look like you, don't smell like you. Are you listening to me? It's not what you think, friend. It's gonna take a lot of work, but God's gonna do the thing if we're ready, amen? Stretch forth your hand. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you, Lord, for the pastor and his wife. I thank you for the staff of this church, for the worship team, for all the associates, Lord, for all the volunteers, for all those, Lord, who gives of themselves week in and week out. But Lord, right now with my hand lifted, I ask you, Lord, to strengthen them. I pray, God, that you would encourage them in the faith, that, Lord, they would recognize that what they do, they do not do in vain, that, Lord, you see everything that is done in your sight and your name. Lord, all these years of faithfulness are gonna be rewarded. Lord, you are going to show up in such a powerful way. Lord, I thank you for your power, for your unction. I pray for a new level of the Holy Spirit. Come on, lift your voices. I pray for a new level of your Holy Spirit to settle in this house. Move on us in a powerful way, I pray. And Father, for what you do, we'll never forget the night we've committed that to you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing and for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Now, you put your hands together and give the Lord praise in Jesus' name. <laughs>